Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Health and Lift This, the health and fitness podcast brought to you by Highland News and Media. I'm your host Andy Dixon and alongside me is co-host and rugby player Federica Stefani. We've also got our regular expert panellists Steve Walsh and Jack Gunn with us. Steve is a weightlifter and boss of High Life Ireland and Jack is an award-winning bodybuilder and co-owner of the Forge Gym in Inverness. Before we go any further, I need to revisit something Steve said a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about nutrition and what to eat before, during and after training. Now, Steve, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you said that before you compete, you have six packets of crisps like in a row. Is that right? Right. So that, this was all about dehydration, uh, lifting in when I was back in the powerlifting days and, and um, you know, having, you know, you know, reduce the water to, to, to make the weight. Um, which is, you know, obviously one of the quickest ways you can make a weight. So um, as I was struggling more and more to, to meet my weight, I was having to, to cut down water. And then you have to get rehydrated before you lift, which is clearly really important. So my, my way of doing that was six bags of uh, ready salted and uh, about four litres of water. And I found it just that just put the salt back in and um, avoided cramps. And it worked for me. And then I would just gradually eat some more carbs during the, the course of the day. But um yeah, that that was. See, I, I I should have pressed you on it at the time, Steve, because I was imagining uh, ever since I've been imagining you having like variety packs and or quavers or Doritos or I mean I don't know what you maybe Monster Munch something like that. Do you, do you change it up? Do you go for different varieties depending on how it was before? No, I, the one brand I won't mention because obviously this is um, you don't want to give them any publicity. But I, you know, a, a, a nice a nice ready salted six six packs of ready salted was, um, but not Monster Munches. Although pickled onion Monster Munches and then going to lift might just give you a few wee problems. I think make a few enemies in the gym. <laughs> well, that's it. That's that's good. Um, so you just stuck to the to the same same type. Um, I mean, obviously a lot of people see. See crisps as treats, and I think this week's theme is going to be well. We're going to stick to nutrition, and we're going to talk about temptations and cheat meals and stuff like that. Because obviously we're into the warmer sort of summery periods now, the summery months, and there's a lot of barbecues happening. There's a lot of temptation out there, a lot of ice cream, a lot of drinking, and other treats and stuff like that. And uh, I mean, how how do we find that balance, um, Jack? I suppose we'll go to you first because I know. You've, you've said before how strict it can be with nutrition and diet and, and you've got to think about it all the time. But can you be quite spontaneous if you get an invite to a barbecue? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it totally depends on the circumstance of so your, for example, me personally, if I'm if I'm prepping for a, a bodybuilding show. I mean, if I'm eight weeks out from a show, I'm not going to be I'm not I'm probably going to be the unsociable guy at the barbecue sitting with my little kind of Tupperware box with my chicken and rice. Um how stereotypical is that of a bodybuilder? But yeah, that, that would probably be me. But like, I think in like the off season or if somebody like, a you know, somebody who's just into fitness, they're not necessarily at a competitive level. I mean, like if you get invited to say a family barbecue, just go and enjoy yourself because you can't, you can't buy that time back. You've got to have a bit of balance between sport and, and life as well. And I certainly know that in, um, in the off season, I'm definitely a bit more lenient with my, my diet. Um, as well, as long as it's like, you know, if you if you, if you, if you have six days of the week that are pretty well disciplined, I mean that that one day at the end of the week is not going to do a whole whole lot of damage, you know. So. 
And I mean, it could be also like something that you look forward to in terms of, okay, I'm going to be um, quite good for the whole week. And then that's my, that's my treat because I've, I've been good. And I know that I can, I've, I've earned it as well. Yeah. I mean, I use, I use them with clients. So not, and I, I try not to call them cheat meals. I call them off plan meals. Um, so it's just a deviation from the plan, but what it does for people, it can do two things. It can act as like a, a metabolic reset, you know, if kind of, if you're in a fat loss phase and things start to slow down or it, and it also gives people that kind of, you know, it stops that mental stagnation. You know, you don't feel like you're going through the motions. It, it gives you something to look forward to every week food wise, and it keeps you on plan that other kind of, you know, the, the, the rest of the time during that week. You know I mean, if you, if you, if you were going week by week with nothing to look forward to, I mean, you're probably going to be pretty likely to slip up or, you're going to see those salt and salt and vinegar crisps in the, in the cupboard like Steve and you're probably going to shove your hand in. But if you have something to look forward to, you're probably going to refrain. Do you know what I mean? And I mean, it's quite important also in terms of what you do, like in terms of keeping the, di the diet regimens could also do you something that you like as well. Uh, I find that maybe if you're too strict, then it's more likely that you're going to fall, fall off and just fall off, uh, just not follow the... Um, the diet whereas if you kind of find the balance of stuff that you actually enjoy eating but that sort of fall into that plan as well is important to consider the diets that you're doing yourself sometimes as a treat itself yeah i think I, I look at everything from like a risk to reward perspective so training nutrition everything and i mean if if, if you you need to align your goals with your lifestyle when you know, your work and everything as well, family time. Um, I mean, if you're, if you're just kind of being kind of healthy, eating clean, going to the gym, j just for kind of general well-being, and you've not got a competitive goal, then yeah, the, the risk to reward rate ratio says that, yeah, you should go and enjoy time with your family and have some food. Whereas if you're kind of two or three weeks out from a bodybuilding show, the risk of you spilling over because you go out and eat some fish and chips is probably quite high. I mean, so I, I look, try and look at everything from that perspective. And is it, is it as important to you, Steve, in terms of the sort of weightlifting side of things and powerlifting in the past? See, I told you before we started this podcast, Andy, that we I just wanted to listen to Jack because I, I cannot pontificate about diet. But I, I think, you know, I, I think that we, we've all faced that. I mean, I'm working from home the majority of the time just now, like a lot of people. And I, and I think that that almost brings a different challenge these days because, you know, obviously I've got a family with, with three kids in it. So we've definitely got the, the ready salted crisps, but so easy just to get up from the, the computer and grab a snack and just snack all day. And um, and I, I do think as you get older and there's a general I'm, I'm generalizing here, but it is much harder to control your weight. I mean, that's just a natural phenomenon. So. Um, I, 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 you know, but I, I think that the important thing in all of this for me is is not to go and feast in famine, you know. So, I, I, you know, a lot of the maybe some of those diet fads out there where people will get themselves, you know, they'll go through a fad of, of maybe a, a program, but two months, three months, it's so difficult just to maintain that. So it's a lifestyle thing, like Jack said. I think more and more, try, just trying to adopt a a balance to your life and a, and a healthy you know, a healthier lifestyle, which should, you know, mean trying to eat just that wee bit and drink in moderation. Um, so I think it might, it might I, try, I, try to, I try to have a healthy diet, try to balance it. 
but you know i'm for my lifting now it's 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 much more for um you know it's much more for i guess for fun although i said i don't like you probably have to edit a lot of this out <laughs> i said last time i i hate every exercise in the gym but um yeah i just think moderation really is is is, is the best tonic isn't it and uh but if you've if you've got if your lifestyle is more complicated, I think it, it's much, much, much more difficult to um, to be disciplined. And I, I like what Jack said about risk and reward. You know, maybe just setting yourself, okay, this weekend I'm going to have a bottle of wine. So during the week I'm not going to drink, and I'm going to try and stay away from from some of those fattier, sugary, more sugary foods. And that will be my reward at the weekend. I I can have a nice a nice wee drink or a nice curry or something. But uh, yeah, I. You know, I, if I'm coming up to, if I'm going to compete, say in the Europeans later on in the year, I'll really start to think about recovery food then, and that would be the major thing for me. Just making sure I can, you know, I'm, I'm eating to recover from every workout, um, like we chatted before. I must admit, I mean, diet's the hardest thing for me personally. I mean, I'm not a competitive level like Jack or anything like that, but the temptation is always there, and you you, you do try. I find that it's better to try and prepare meals in advance um you know you maybe cook a batch of meals at the weekend and and sort of take them to to work during the week um but i mean i've got young kids as well and they love great british bake-off so they're practicing all the cakes and all the buns and my mum uh, sorry my wife's tiny their mum's tiny you know so she'll have one slice the kids will have one slice and then the rest of the cakes for me so it's uh, it's not easy it's not easy and you don't want to offend them either you know you don't want to turn it down um, Jack, you were going to say something there. I, I put it in. No, no, it's um, it was just on the back of what Steve said. So, like, it, it comes down to mitigating the risk of impulsive behaviours. So, when we do cheat on diets, and it's usually an impulsive behaviour, so it's more than likely because there's something in front of you. I mean, if that wasn't in front of you, you probably wouldn't think about it. You probably wouldn't want it. I mean, when I was on prep, you know, people around me are eating things like olive paste on crackers and all of a sudden I'm craving olive paste on crackers and I've never once in my life had it but I want it just because you can't have it so like I think if you can keep your cupboards and you know your space as tidy and treat free as possible um, that, that's that's like my tip that's how I can go I've got like my own cupboards and stuff as well so that's where my, my food stays and my food alone so yeah and I mean I think that uh, at least I don't know what your experience is but as you start maybe eating better and taking sugars and fatty foods out of your diet, then the crave is a lot less as well. Um, I don't know what's your experience about that. Like, of course, there's a craze once in a while, but you don't have the absolute, oh my God, I absolutely need that. I once absolutely was on a addiction to chocolate and I actually felt bad if I didn't have chocolate. So actually drastically decreasing the amount of intake that that I had and eating more more healthy and more variety just helped a lot because you, ju you just feel better generally and you don't feel the need for um, that unless maybe it's a teeny tiny bit uh, once in a while just to take the crave away yeah so I think I think with cravings cravings are far more mental than they are physical so I mean Usually, if you, for example, if I'm if I'm on a prep and I'm you know pushing calories quite low and my energy output's quite high, there all the math is there for my body to be craving these foods. But 
it's only going to do it if, if, if I'm seeing them, if I'm seeing other people eating these foods. If I'm distracted, if I'm sitting playing, I'm playing my Xbox or something, or like if I go to the cinema, do you know what I mean? You're, you're focused on something. If it was a physical need, you you even during the time in the cinema, you'd be thinking about that. Um, so I think it's usually more mental than, than, than a physical need. But I think as well, um, a well-managed diet you shouldn't really have any cravings as such because a well-managed diet, you should be utilizing things like, you know, off-plan meals, refeeds. You know what I mean, any anything you do intensively is going to be short-term. So like a crash diet, that's how people, when they do a crash diet, it lasts four weeks. Then they fall off the bandwagon because it's not sustainable. You physically can't adhere to something that strict. I mean, we're all human at the end of the day. So what you have to do is think long-term, right? How can I, how can I adhere to this diet? But as long a period as possible, right? Every two weeks, I'm going to have an off-plan meal. Yeah, do you know I mean every 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 big leg day I have, every high-intensity session, I'm going to give myself an extra hundred grams of carbs pre or post-workout, something like that. Um, so I would say, when it comes to diets, to mitigate the risk of cravings, think long-term and not quick, fast, easy results, because there's no such thing. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, each episode ends on a, a question from a listener, and this week's comes from Adam. He says he's used lockdown to refocus and look at his training and diet, uh, but now his mates are putting pressure on him to, to go out more at weekends and make the most of things now being open, like pubs again and, and restaurants and stuff. Um, he's worried, though, that it might undo some of his hard work if he goes out and is out drinking and having late nights and wonders really what advice we might have. Now, I know, Steve, you, you've kind of touched on drinking before and sort of moderation and stuff like that. What's what's your opinion on, on this? Yeah, just before I do, I was going to say to Jack, how can you go to the cinema and not not think about popcorn and pick and mix? That's beyond me, mate. So, <laughs> um, no, yeah, it's hard, isn't it? But, you know, you've got to have a life and... and and you you know you can't lock yourself away in in, in the gym and in, in the kitchen and you know you it's 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 almost an almost almost a work life balance isn't it so you know whatever you're doing to stay physically fit and and also keeping your mental health on track with with the other things that we do to to have a, a full and and you know enjoyable life so I, I yeah I think moderation's the key word doesn't it it's 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 just trying to be sensible. But peer pressure is a huge thing. But I, I think it can work both ways. I, I was in the gym coaching a, a, a young guy last night. And, you know, the peer pressure he's getting is to get bigger, stronger and, and compete with his mates. But, you know, there is other peer pressure where if you get into a group where people are going out and getting drunk all the time and, and hitting the town, then you, you've got to have the mental strength to to find a middle ground and so i i think it's about balance and moderation and and trying to be a bit mature about things and and you know your your peer groups even when you're younger should it's just about mutual respect and understanding isn't it just because somebody's not going to go out and get smashed it doesn't make them make, make them any less of a, a valuable member to to a group and and I think it's that that dynamic that's really important, and part of that's just just growing up. And and I probably haven't grown up yet, especially coming out of the military. But you know there is there is something to that, just about group dynamics and and how you you have to you in some in some instances if you want to do what Jack's doing, single minded. But I'm sure 
Jack's still one of the boys and and you know can has still got a good you know friendship group just might but I think they'll respect what he's doing and uh, you know it, it's that it's that kind of it's that kind of approach I think that that you need and you know if you're going to be really successful in the sporting world, you need good friends that are going to understand that there's times when, do you know what? You're going to be focused and they're not going to, they'll take the mick out of you, but they're not going to put you under pressure to do the things that may undermine what it is that you're trying to achieve. And I think that's really important. Yeah, I think I think there's a bit of a cultural thing there as well. You know, I mean, you mentioned the peer pressure. But I think it's uh, what people sort of see and, and hear on TV and stuff like that. And, you know, I mean, a few years ago, a lot of young guys that, um, like when I used to play American football, a lot of the guys were watching stuff like Geordie Shore and stuff like that, and they would go out and get get mortal at the weekend. That was the term. Um, and now it's kind of moved a little bit more away from that, I guess. Um, I mean, personally, I've been teetotal for six, uh, sorry, for five years now, and I don't miss drinking at all. Um, I mean, part of that is because the kids came along, so don't really have as many opportunities to go out and and drink and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, I don't I don't even miss having a drink at home while watching the football or any of that sort of stuff. Um, Jack, what's your sort of take on this? Um, so this is something I've actually experienced quite a lot of, um, because I'm still in that dynamic where I have friends who quite like going out and stuff as well. I, I guess the number one question would be: Is do you want to drink? If you don't want to drink, then don't drink. I mean, if you're doing it for the gratification of your friends, then get them told. Just know, I mean, many times I've gone out in Inverness, Glasgow, these places, and I've, I've been stone cold sober, and I've had some of the best nights out of my life. I mean, just get like a, an alcohol-free Copperberg and cover the little blue sticker with your finger. That's the tip. And nobody knows. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you can, personally, if I get drunk, I just get sleepy. So like, I'm better off not drinking because I'm, I'm going to last a lot longer in the night out. But um, no, I mean, if you if you don't want to do something, don't do it. But like my mates are pretty pretty understanding of it because obviously I, I, I compete. Um, I think if I didn't compete, it'd be a bit harder to explain. But yeah, I mean, just yeah, it's totally up to you. I mean, I, I personally just tell them, <laughs> not happening. Yeah, and it's so important to have people understanding that just let people do what they want like it's changing a lot and it's it's really good to see how many brands as well are marketing again for um, alcohol-free beers or a lot of alcohol-free spirits now um i've been like i i really like alcoholic drinks in terms of i've been in working in the whiskey industry a wee bit as well uh well not in the industry but kind of writing about it and it's just something that i really like but i don't know it just the, fa- the fact of not exaggerating I don't know in Italy we have a quite a different culture in terms of alcohol I think um there's still a lot of people that do get drunk don't get me wrong and we rugby as well it's very much intertwined <laughs> for many reasons but um at the same time you also have a lot more the culture that you can have some alcoholic drinks during the day without like or not having them, but it's a bit more natural having small amounts just for the pleasure of having them, not because you wanted to get drunk. It's not the objective, it's just, it's the journey, not the destination. Yeah, I still like a drink. Like I still like, you know, I, I probably drink what, four or five times a year, like roughly here or thereabouts. And it's usually always in my off season. So not when I'm prepping for a competition. 
but like I don't believe in this whole go out and just have one. Like if I'm if I'm having a drink, I'm going to the I'm seeing it through to the very end. Like there's no no point in just one. <laughs> it's like I'm making the most of it. So but yeah, everyone's different. I think that's called binge drinking, Jack. But that's, <laughs> that's, that's just, like I said, I'm very competitive. So. Maybe not encourage that one. <laughs> Um, just sort of thinking while, while you were talking there and, and sort of what we were talking about earlier on, there was one question I, I, I thought of that I maybe should have asked before, and that was whether any of us have got any guilty pleasures that we can't really resist in terms of our diets. I mean, Jack, have you got any anything that, you know, if it's staring at you, I know you've got your own little cupboards there, but if you had something and you opened the cupboard and it was there, that you couldn't say no to it? Either Nutella or... Lotus Biscoff spread, one of those two. If if it's yours, it's now mine. So that's <laughs> how it works. <laughs> and how about you, Steve? We're not going to go back on the crisps, are we? I was just going to say anything. If generally, especially in the days just now, if it's there, it's getting eaten. So um, yeah, that that's a uh, yeah. I. I I can't see I've got any particular guilty pleasure because I'll just get stuck into anything, um, as my wife will probably attest to when the biscuits are all gone. What about you, Federica? I know you've you've already admitted you used to be a chocoholic. No, chocolate is still there, and it's not it's not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm just I've just learned how to deal with it and been friends and not he's he doesn't have power over me anymore. <laughs> it's a healthy relationship. No, and I think about whiskey probably as well i think i like i like uh, we drink but again and and with anything i don't ever do oh there's a certain ice cream brand that i really really like and in particular i assume that if i start i'll just finish a couple of tubs like big times so that's probably (laughs) but let's not do any any mentions of brands what about you andy me uh tell you what i'm i'm pretty sad uh my favourite food at the moment is porridge. And it's porridge. And I, put, I put some of that protein in that you get from Dean's shop, some vanilla-flavoured protein, and it tastes delicious. And I have it hot, I have it cold. I'll have three or four bowls a day, and it's just really good. I just love it. I really do. Um, is this really a guilty pleasure, though? Because oh, it's too healthy. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it is for me, I suppose. I don't know. I mean, yeah. That's about as far as it goes. <laughs> I, I really liked that conversation earlier about, about peer pressure. I, I think it's such a really important message there. I mean, I grew up in a world where it was peer pressure, where everybody was expected to 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 drink. And I always remember admiring the guys or the girls that didn't do it and wondering how they... But you know what? They Like Jack said, they were they were still part of the team and they were still respected and they were still professional and, and they could do their jobs. They just didn't drink, and that's okay. And I like the way society's changing, like Fed said, for young people. I think there's much less of that now, and there's much more of a focus on on being fit and healthy rather than, you know, like you said, going out the Geordie Shore type. And I think it's a brilliant, amazing thing, and I hope that my my kids grow up into a world where there's much less peer pressure um, and, 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 you know, you're allowed to, to make your own decisions about what you put into your body. And it's so important. I think I think on that note, I think it's uh, it's a good point to, to wrap up on. And uh, if you like our podcast, Island News and Media has a couple more. 
We've got the weekly sports podcast called Balls and Whistles and the monthly Active Outdoors podcast. And if you want to get involved with our podcast, then send your questions and suggestions to help at hnmedia.co.uk. And you've been listening to Health and Liveness. If you like it, leave a like and share it with your friends.